Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, August 8th. And oh my gosh, you guys, today is such an exciting day. For those of you that um, are watching live on TikTok, I am recording this early, earlier than my normal time because at the normal time that I record my show, which is 11 a.m. Pacific time, I am recording Dumois' podcast. And I'm finally, finally able to share it out loud. Um, the truth is I was never not able to share it, but I'm sharing it today because I know it's happening. It's like definitely happening in 45 minutes. I'm recording with Dumois. Now, for those of you guys that don't know who Dumois is, Dumois is, um, if you spell it out, I'm going to spell it out for you because a lot of you guys are like, well, how do you spell Dumois? Do like the French way, moi, like the French way. So D-E-U-X. M-O-I. Dumois is run by an anonymous um, account. Like she's, it's an anonymous account, meaning even the people that speak to her on her podcast don't know who she is. There's no video on her side. I'm going to be recording with her. We call her Do. I am a huge fan. She has 2 million Instagram followers and a huge podcast. Last week, Stassi was her guest, Stassi from Vanderpump Rules. Um, and she talks about all kinds of celebrity gossip. Now, here's my concern, and I'm just giving you guys the BTS, right? 45 minutes before. I'm 42. So what if she's talking about people that I don't know? Like, There's a whole generation of younger stars that I, I feel like I, I'm going to not know. But, you know, I'll represent for you guys. I will do the best I possibly can. The episode will air on Thursday. So I'm so super excited about that. And hopefully I get a, a lot of new, um, you know, people that have never heard of me to come on over and join the community. Speaking of, you guys, good morning. Speaking of, we have a um, Facebook group. And it's funny because I just see a comment right now on TikTok from Jordana shout out. Um, Jordana just said, I just joined the Facebook group. My Facebook group is a popping off, you guys, Daily Dose of Donna. Make sure to get in there. It's a great place that I can just throw out some really quick, like if some breaking news stuff happens. I put it in there. I ask your guys' opinions. I post the the videos and the, the podcasts and anything else that I see. And it's just fun to connect with other Bravo and reality TV and pop culture lovers like us. Um, so I love it over there. Okay. What else? Tomorrow I'm releasing a Patreon episode. I do it every single Wednesday and I'm releasing one. It's going to be good. It's going to have a lot of kind of more insider stuff that I can't say here. I know that a lot of you guys are thinking, you know, that's so annoying. It feels like there's a paywall. There's no paywall. You don't have to pay me at all to listen to this. I give you five free shows a week, five YouTube shows, five podcast episodes, five TikTok lives. I give you social media clips in between. Don't pay me at all. Just be a, a lover, a fan, a supporter, an engager. That's all I care about. If you do want a double dose or an overdose of Donna, then you join the Patreon, but there's no harm, no foul, right? But I have 150 strong Patreon supporters within a few weeks. I love you guys. I appreciate all of you that are here, really. And thank you for subscribing here on YouTube if you're new here. Okay, so a couple things. Let's talk about 
a few things. Yesterday, I posted my Bethany clip that I talked about on yesterday's show. So I talked, here's the thing. Bethany is so tricky. Bethany is so tricky because I want to like her. Do you guys feel this about her? I want to like her so badly because I I feel like with Bethany, it's like I, I think about our old relationship, right? With Bethany, I look at it as like my relationship with her when she was on Housewives, which was I'm obsessed with you. Everything you do, please bring it on. Like give it to me. When she had her serious radio show, which was a very short-lived show. Do you guys remember that? She got in trouble. Like she got fired because something happened at a concert with a serious executive. Either she like poured a drink on someone or she yelled at someone. I, I want to love her so badly for the old Bethany. I don't like the new Bethany. Now, a lot of you guys really love her and I do not judge anyone that loves Bethany. In fact, I'm kind of jealous if I'm going to be honest, not a Bethany. I'm jealous of the fact that you love her because I want to love her but I just don't know how to love her when I see all this chaos. But I kind of secretly love her because I love, like, I hate love. You know what I mean? Love, hate. Um, so I love to watch her. It's 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 really, um, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, interest. it's very watchable. Let's just put it that way. All these hateable housewives are so watchable. The Teresas, the Vickies, the, uh, I can't even say Lisa Rinna because I can't watch Lisa Rinna. I really struggle with her. But a lot of the other ones, right? So watchable. So Bethany, I did post a clip on TikTok when I talked about the fact that I think that she's doing this whole union thing for herself um, primarily, and she's never really been someone that we've seen as a supporter for others. Um, I have yet to see her really uplift anyone else in her industry. And I think that, you know, I think that let's, let's shout out Ramona Singer. Ramona Singer is another one of those hate watchers, like love hate. We can all agree. You may think I'm crazy here. And if I, if you don't agree, like, let me know in the comments, be nice, but let me know in the comments. Um, I think Ramona is honestly a stand-up woman in the sense of being a friend. I've always thought she's like a like Ramona is like one of those people that is so harsh, so filter free, whatever. But I do think she would be there and she's got so many people in her circle. And I don't think when you see someone that always has a lot of friends around her and a tight circle that she's been friends with for years and years and years, I do believe that that says a lot about a person. When you have those women that um, go through a new friend every year or every other year and really can't hold on to friendships you have to say like, okay, who's the common denominator? Common denominator. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Right. So I think in my opinion, it's my opinion. Um, I just think Bethany has a, uh, has a track record of not really wanting others success. Even when she tries to like to lift up others, it it does feel self-serving, which a lot of people do charity work for self-serving purposes. Let's be honest, which is fine. I'm not like against that because at the end of the day, if you're doing charity, if you're doing good things for others, then that really is what matters. But I think Jeff Lewis was talking about it on his show with, um, maybe with Leah Black or someone else. Leah Black was from the old, the old Real Housewives of Miami about the fact that a lot of people that are charitable are highly narcissistic. A lot of people that are openly and loudly charitable are highly narcissistic. 
because there is something to be said about like, I donate, I donate, I give, I give. And I'm still, at the same time, it still could be a very good deed. So one person commented on my TikTok yesterday, love her or hate her, she gets shit done. And I said, absolutely agree. So she is absolutely capable to move mountains. But I, you know, as she keeps saying on all her TikToks, watch what happens. I mean, when is Andy going to start trademarking that, right? I'm dying to know. Speaking of Andy Cohen. Let's talk about Andy Cohen for a second. I'm team Andy in life. I don't know him personally. Um, I'm sure there's bad accounts, good accounts, just like there are for all of these. Um, I think that Andy Cohen, you know, he's probably stressed out right now. I'm just going to be honest. He hasn't talked about it. He hasn't. He's probably very strongly, um, you know, He's being spoken to probably by NBC, Universal, and Bravo to shut up and do not say a word about it. We'll have to see if if it can come out in any way. Like Jeff Lewis is a, a guest on Watch What Happens Live today, and I'm dying to know, like, is Jeff going to get it out of him? Is he going to say something? I guarantee you Andy Cohen has put a big kibosh on anyone talking about this because it's a legal matter, right? That being said, um, I guarantee you he's – if, if he, he may not be like shitting his pants nervous about this whole NBC Universal Bravo thing, but I guarantee you he's pissed because it does feel a little bit like backstabbed by a friend. You know, it's like, it's like, imagine if you give someone a job working with you and they completely start a career and build a career and kill, you know, kill it in their career. And then they go off. And not only are they successful on their own account, but then they put you down. He was the worst. He does this or his company or working with him was awful. And that just feels painful, you know, and it could be true, but it just doesn't feel good. I would imagine like if any of my ex-employees came out in 10 years and said like all these horrible things, it can't feel good. Um, I guess you could say this about so many people. Like I always think about the Rachel Zoe and the Brad um, Goreski story. Do you guys remember that when Brad Goreski used to work with Rachel Zoe and then there was like some big falling out and Brad Goreski, who mwah, biggest fan ever. Um, he and his husband, Gary Janetti, like the best follows on Instagram. You guys, if you're not following them must, there's gotta be some sort of a weird tension there, obviously, you know? Um, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting situation, right? Actually, it's like Jeff Lewis and Jenny Poulos. Jeff Lewis and Jenny Poulos, I said, I said that right. Okay. Has, Kimberly is asking, has, has Bethany put down Andy personally, put down Andy personally? So from what I've seen, and I haven't like gone through everything she's ever said with a fine tooth comb, from what I've seen, she definitely has talked badly about Bravo produ- producers and NBC Universal, the machine, the system. Um, She's talked badly about the fact that Andy, she felt ambushed on Andy's show, Watch What Happens Live, when she was there with Jeff Lewis. Um, go back and watch that episode. I think it's phenomenal. And the reason why, and I think it was not an ambush, but I think it was absolutely warranted, Bethany had gone on rampages about how she, how much she hates the housewife, the housewife you know, empire and how much she was not into it and done with it and moving on and over it. 
and turning them down and turning them down and turning them down and talking smack about it. And then she launched Rewives, which is talking about the housewives. And I think Andy Cohen felt a little bit like, oh, thought you hated it. That would be like me saying, I despise all pop culture, all Bravo. Let's start Daily Dose of Donna, where I talk every single day about Bravo and pop culture. So yeah, so Jeff Lewis and um, Andy had like really, I mean, Bethany is witty. She's a fast talker. She can handle a lot. But when you also have an Andy Cohen and a Jeff Lewis with Bethany, I mean, it was genius 30 minutes of TV, you guys. It was real good. Um, And she didn't like it because Bethany likes to have I think even if you love her, you should know this about her. Bethany likes to have the last word. She likes to have the last say. She likes to have the fastest remarks. She likes to be in control, which is why she likes her shows when she's the host. You know, she's a real, um, she takes over. That's just her personality, right? But it's amazing. It was amazing TV. And I think that that really turned her on Andy. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm getting a lot of comments saying like, I love her. I love her. I can't stand her. That's the thing about Bethany. She is the most polarizing, I think, beyond any other housewife out there. People feel so strongly about her. It's like cilantro. Bethany is cilantro. She's cilantro. Okay. Let's keep talking. J-Lo. J-Lo. J-Wow. Another J. J-Wow from Jersey Shore, Jenny Farley mentioned yesterday on a podcast. It was actually a Barstool Sports podcast. What was it called? Out and About? Is that what it's called? Um, Out and About podcast. She mentioned to the host, one of the hosts, Pat McAuliffe, who used to work as a production assistant on Watch What Happens Live for a year before being being fired, said, she says to him about Andy Cohen, she said, I was petrified. He scares me. And Pat, the PA, agreed. He is scary. Um, now, I just want you guys to know that like, the word scary feels big. It feels like, oh my God, he's out there, you know, with a weapon trying to beat someone down. But I don't think that. I think that Andy Cohen probably would be – scary is a big word. I'd probably be very intimidating. Um, I talked about this yesterday. Like I've had a boss like the Jeff Lewis, Andy Cohen, and it's so funny because I love him so much now. He's he's a doser, and he sent me a message yesterday. He's like, I watched a little bit of your YouTube. Were you talking about me? And I was like, guilty. And it was very intimidating working for him. That being said, I freaking love him and loved him, but I was I was nervous working for him. I was so nervous about saying the wrong thing. I was nervous about looking the wrong way or doing the wrong thing or like eating a candy loudly, like little things because you never knew what was going to set them off, right? So um, Snooki was also on the podcast and said, I don't feel that way. I think he's funny or whatever. And then she did admit that Jay Wow and Cohen have history. Andy Cohen have history. And she said, every single time I'm on his show, he asks me questions like, what plastic surgery have you gotten done? And Jay Wow is just like, it's 2023, bro. Who gives a, who gives a shit? So I didn't hear the entire podcast, but I will say this. I will say this. I was listening to Andy Cohen's um, serious show. You know, he has his Andy Cohen show. I was listening to yesterday's episode and he was talking about the Vicky and Shannon Watch What Happens Live episode that happened last week on Wednesday. It was a genius episode. One of the best. And he was saying, um, you, he said, if a housewife has blatantly lost weight or looks completely different, I 
as the host, will ask, without editorializing it, how did you lose so much weight? Or, wow, you lost a lot of weight, or you look different, or whatever. And he was like, I'm not saying you look better, you look worse. I have said that in the past, but I am going to bring attention to it because the audience members are wondering the exact same thing. So I'm curious from you guys, do you think that's appropriate? Do you think that that's um, a good host question or not? I think you can get in trouble a little bit these days in 2023 talking about women's bodies and um, women's looks. Not that we don't all think it, because let's be a freaking honest person. We all think it when we see Emily Simpson from OC out there. There's no way you're like, oh, wow, tell, I'm curious about, you know, her uh, eyeshadow. No, it's like, whoa, her body looks phenomenal. How does she do it, you know? I think it's it's expected to want to know at the same time. I think the fact that Andy's a man is where it gets tricky. I hate to say it. Although I do wonder if I was a host and – Emily Simpson or Vicky Gumbelson come in and they're like half their body weight. If I asked it, would I get killed online too? I just think Andy, you know, the thing is things were so different 10 years ago. And I don't know exactly. So it's so interesting. Some of you guys are saying it's the phrasing. It's inappropriate for men or women. Chris is saying, I'm not even thinking it. Like, I'm not even wondering. Um, Georgie says, I think it's a, there is a better way to say it. So let's, like, talk about that. Like, what would be the right way to to go to Vicki Gumbelson in an appropriate way and say, wow, you've lost a lot of weight or you look so skinny or um, how did you lose the weight or, you know, is there an appropriate way or you just pretend it's not happening? I don't know. I don't know. You guys let me know. I am not a, I should get my girl Molly McPherson from TikTok, the PR executive. I should get her on here to tell us how to do it. I have no idea what the right way to question that is. Um, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Watch what happens. That's just going to be like my new. On to the next one. On to the next conversation. Can we talk for two minutes about Tori Spelling? Tori Spelling is still living in an RV. We see her showering every day. She's going and she's taking, you know, her toiletries across the campsite to go shower every day. I am so interested by this. Um, I, uh, uh, I'm confused by it. She has way too many wealthy people in her life for this to be something that she's really not able to be anywhere else. It's two things that could be happening. Number one, it could be about the fact that maybe she is struggling with getting help, like in the sense that she doesn't want to ask for help. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, I don't want your help. I want to do this on my own. Um, another thing could be she's trying to do something where she's proving something for possible, like for court, attention, a reality show, something like that. Another thing could be... She's on vacation, a lot of you guys think. I don't think so, personally, at all. Because then she would, like, be open about that. I'm on vacation. I thought that she was interesting, you guys. Each six mentioned uh, yesterday that Tori Spelling had news of Josh Glass from Millionaire Living. 
Josh flags $9 million Bel Air mansion, but left to stay in a budget motel and RV. It says Tori Spelling had use of the mansion before the latest twist, but she allegedly chose to leave. Um, he had offered, Josh Flagg offered her his Lux manse. Guys, let's not call a mansion a manse, right? Just call it a mansion. Um, and at the time she seemed surprisingly in good spirits. That was Josh Flagg. He said that, um, or the source said that. And then the source also said that spelling only stayed for six days and then went to the motel before he returned. Um, the source even called BS on her current situation because she had a house manager, housekeeper, and chef at her disposal and then left Flags home. No one heard from her. It feels like a stunt. So just a couple, like, things that you should know about this. Josh Flag and Candy Spelling are besties. Candy Spelling is, is obviously Tori Spelling's mother. They're very, very close. She's like a second mom to Josh. Um, she was – they were – they. We're on Jeff Lewis's show together talking about the fact that they like do sleepovers and they're up at two in the morning, like eating, um, you know, tuna fish sandwiches together. I don't even know. They're very tight. They're very close. Okay. That being said, on that one episode on Jeff Lewis, Josh Flagg did say something that I thought was a little interesting, y'all. He did say that he almost got in a fight with Dean McDermott at Tori Spelling's birthday party. Tori had had a, I think it was a 50th birthday. It was like a pretty intimate birthday. I think it was 20 people or so at a table, at a dinner table. Um, Jeff Lewis was one, Jenny Garth, Josh Flagg, Candy Spelling. Um, I don't know who else. And Dean McDermott was still there. This was before they had like kind of sort of announced their separation. And Dean and Josh apparently like got into a fight but then jo Jeff Lewis cut him off and like started talking about something else. So we never heard the story about it. But that's a bad sign, obviously. Candy Spelling also said something along the lines of, or she agreed to something along the lines of that it's very hard to help with Dean around. Dean McDermott was the source of Tori Spelling's downfall. I'm convinced. I am sure of it. I, I mean, I don't have any personal opinion or personal thoughts. Um, I just think I really like Tori Spelling on her own. I really like her as a personality. I think that like when she's on the Jeff Lewis show, she seems really fun, likable, good. Why does it feel like Dean McDermott is just like constantly like – he's just like bad news bears. Does anyone feel that way? Like he just feels like a blood-sucking, money-sucking, disgusting human being. Now, this is alleged and this is just in my opinion, okay? That's my opinion. He feels like desperado – like major, major, um, you know, there's just something off. There's something off in the water. And I don't really want to judge the fact that like he's not a moneymaker and hasn't brought in money. But because I know that he tried, he like desperately tried, at least when that reality show was on for so long, like he was definitely trying to make money and like do his acting stuff. I auditioned him in the past, you guys, when like during this time, like when they were doing Tori and Dean in love and like had just gotten married and stuff, he came into audition for us. He didn't work out well, if you know what I mean. Lots of things he was good at, but not sitcom comedy. I'll tell you that. Um, he was just not like, he just, 
never found that success. Like he, then he tried to be a chef or like a cook, remember? And then he was like all about the Harleys and then he got in a car accident or like an, a re- race, maybe not Harleys, like motor, like car racing or whatever he was doing. I just feel like he is bad news bears. And I don't know where he is. He's off in, in like the forest or something because we haven't seen anything of him. But his wife and his five kids, whether it's by choice or not, are being photographed in this RV park looking just like, honestly, it looks like the next TLC show. Like, if you know what I mean when I say that, I don't mean like horrible by saying that, but it really could be the next TLC show. It's like spellings, like spellings, come up with a good name for me, you guys. Like spellings survivors. (laughs) Like, Struggling as a Spelling is the next TLC show coming this fall. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It all feels very suspecto. Tori in a tent. That's so good. Tori in a tent. MLF, you get that. Um, Jackie S says, from mansions to motorhome. No, from manses to motorhome. That's good. From the manse to the motorhome. Um, who else? Okay. You guys come up with a good Tory spelling TLC reality show name in the comments. I need to know. That's hysterical. My daily dose of Molly Dare. Well, right now we're just finishing talking about Tory spelling and the manse, the manse, the former manse. Okay. You guys, Tori in a tent. Jesus. <laughs> so good. I really hope she does do Dancing with the Stars. It said she was in talks to do Dancing with the Stars because we all know that Ariana's already doing it. Oh, my God. Trailer Tori. Molly says Trailer Tori. Ivy Hearted says 90210 to zero. No, it should just be 90210 to O. <laughs> Molly says, I'm loving this era for her. She's Trailer Tori. I'm spelling the future. <laughs> you guys, this is so good. Okay. Anyway, just a quick little few minutes on Roni. I finally finished the episode last night. Now, I struggled watching it because Taylor Swift is still here in LA and the geniuses and the most amazing people out there that do these live feeds on TikTok, like, bless your heart, you are a goddess. So yesterday was Lauren. Shout out Lauren. She was doing a live feed of Taylor Swift. So I was trying really hard to stay focused on on, on Roni, but I was like, Taylor. Um. I really am a fan of Roni. And if you have not started Roni this season, I try. I truly want you to try it again. I have a lot of friends that have started it and then just got over it after one season. I get it. It's hard to, to, to embrace a new cast. It's hard to embrace people that you don't know the history and the drama and this and that. I'm telling you, there is gold here. There is gold here. Yes, a lot of you guys are loving it. It's a genius group of people. I mean, they're all phenomenal. And I love that the drama isn't like crazy falling apart drama. I love that they're kind of all together still. I like that they hate, they don't hate each other and they're not like making out with each other's exes and, you know, falling down drunk in every scene. I actually really enjoy that we're watching what feels like a very natural group of women and the frustrations that you have with each other. Like, like the fact that they're annoyed with Jessel. Now, Jessel, oh, if we're going to rate the worst housewife, and bless you, Jessel, if you ever see this, because I really want to like you. I think you're stunning, 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 beautiful. You have a beautiful family. Okay. Gorgeous home. Jessel. 
Jessel is the exact, like, Jessel is the description of Debbie Downer to me. She's a Debbie Downer. She's a negative Nancy. She's, she's like the, she's, she's just the bummer. She's the one that's always going to see the negative, right? She's, she, yeah. And I think a little bit snobby too. I agree. She just comes off really unlikable. It's just the way she speaks about things. She, the way she approaches things. You know, we obviously saw in the last episode about the lingerie and the heat and the Wi-Fi. It's like, no one wants those people around. Another thing, Sai is so freaking cute. I actually really like Sai now, but I will never invite Sai over to my house. I mean, obviously, I don't think it will happen if she wants to come over, like Sai, like show up in Sherman Oaks, please. But the toilet paper was kind of funny. I mean, it was such a housewife moment. It was annoying, but it was funny. But like the shakshuka looked phenomenal and I don't care. Like you eat that food and you may just like this, this not like the idea of what shakshuka is, which is um, some sort of tomato sauce egg thing. I'm not a huge fan. I'm Israeli and I'm not a huge fan of shakshuka. But you can admit that that looked bomb. And everyone was sh- like chowing down and everyone had bread. And like you don't leave them like we have to go to the market. I've got to eat. I don't know, you guys. They're so weird about the food on this show. I've never seen Housewives so obsessed about, like, not having the right foods. It feels over the top, right? Yes, the green nightgown was ugly. I agree. I don't think the green nightgown that Jessel had was was pretty. I still think you shut the F up, right? You just... Um, so Sai had this beautiful dinner party for Bryn, who we got to really understand yesterday. Now, Bryn is so interesting to me because at first glance, I'm like, oh my God, desperado, thirsty, thirsty monster. Like every scene, every person is like, I'm going to have sex. It's very Sonia kind of like, come on, baby, light my fire. But now we got to see a vulnerable side of her. And I really, really loved that. I loved seeing her beautiful, like opening up about her horrible past and her childhood. I think that it means so much. You know, I had um, my dramas as a child, but I was loved by one parent, like phenomenally. And I think that that makes a difference. Lance, on the other hand, like my husband, he is a horrible childhood, like like shit that you don't even want to know, crazy, crazy stuff. And she, and when he talked about that within our first few dates, when he showed, told me about his vulnerabilities and like, not vulnerabilities, when he became vulnerable with me about the way that he was raised, my heart broke for him and opened for him. And I think that there is such a power in being vulnerable in this life And it's not for attention and it's not for people to feel bad for you, but it's more just like an explanation of I am the way that I am because of the way that I was raised. You know, childhood really does kind of create these paths for us. And as someone myself who felt very highly abandoned by, by my father when I was a kid and still, you know, 42... I can understand this need for attention. Like I 100% have it. I can guarantee it. I am not someone out there that's like, mm, wallflower. I'm like, hey guys. Like, and looking for male attention a lot my whole life. So I see Bryn's side. I really see Bryn's side. Now you guys are going back and forth about the food. I am a Jew, which is why it's interesting because Jewish people, Italian people, this is not, I mean, maybe it's a stereotype or not, but like there is food. I have never once underfed my guests. Never once. You should ask Lance. Like he never wants us to throw a party because 100% like I am overextending on the food. I'd rather a million leftovers than not having food. 
So I'm with you on that. That being said, she's a one-woman show. She didn't want to spend the entire time cooking. I'm sure she had a pantry filled with snacks. I'm sure she did. I mean, it was breakfast. How much can you eat for breakfast? Okay. I guess you do need to provide options, but whatever. I don't know. I do think Shakshuka is very specific, but I love Aaron. I really do. I'm an Aaron fan. Stan fan. Jenna Lyons and Uba are my tops. I love Jenna Lyons, Uba, and Aaron. Then I like Cy and Brynn. And then the bottom, really on the bottom is Jessel. I'm not seeing the um, like the like the um, redeeming factor in Jessel yet. I haven't decided, right? I haven't decided what I see in Jessel that like I'm going to be, you know, like fawning over. Okay, you guys, I'm going to wrap the episode because I'm going to prep my voice. La, 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 because I'm recording Dumois in 15 minutes. Wish me luck. Super excited about that. And then I am um, working all day, doing a ton of stuff. So hopefully this episode gets up before tomorrow, tonight. That's what she said. And, um, and we'll talk tomorrow. I'll tell you guys all about it. Manana. Thank you so much for being here, subscribing, liking, commenting. And if you're listening to the podcast on audio, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts, as always, please leave a five-star rating and a review when possible. It means the world. Share this in your stories. Tell your friends about Daily Dose of Donna. A lot of people really are looking for that daily like hit of pop culture. This is a 30-minute approximate episode every single day. I appreciate the follows over on Instagram and TikTok at This Is Donna Bowling, and I will see you guys tomorrow.